safe. We're a club that produces more national championships, college scholarship athletes, national team players, and pros than any other. It's a club that helps make dreams come true, and we've been doing it for over 40 years. Hello and welcome to the Inside Surf Soccer podcast with me, Louis Hunt. Today I'm joined by our boys director of coaching, Benoit David, as we chat with surf alum players, Milan Oloski and Justin Fidders. Justin grew up playing at surf and was a college standout at the University of Washington. He was named second team All Far West Region and received an honourable mention in the All Pac-12 Conference. After graduation, Justin was selected 17th overall in the 2018 MLS Super Draft by Vancouver Whitecaps before moving on to be signed by the LA Galaxy 2s. Milan spent six years playing at surf, then on to play at UCLA. He finished his UCLA career with 23 goals and six assists, was the program record holder for single game goals, named first team All-American and led the NCAA in goals per game. Milan signed a homegrown contract with Rail Salt Lake following the conclusion of the 2019 NCAA season. Today's episode is going to be an awesome one for all our younger guys to hear from Milan and Justin on their journey from club into college and into the pros. I hope you enjoy it. So we'll start off. Uh, Justin, I'll kick off with you. When did you first start playing at surf and uh, what were your fondest, mem- fondest memories of the club? Yeah, so I started playing at U8, which was at the time, I think the youngest age that you could play for surf. And I continued to play through surf through uh, the time I went to college or U18. Um, you know, it, it was, I mean, an integral part of my soccer experience, obviously growing up, playing for that long at the same club and and I absolutely loved it it was it was so fun and I still think back to it when I drive by the polo fields and just all the good times I had I'd say you know one of my most fond memories just being at the front polo fields for surf cup and I think Milan would agree with you agree with me in saying that surf cup is something that I took for granted um when I was when I was playing because you know it, it was so fun to play it was so fun to play in and then the next weekend, you'd come and watch the older older kids play. And uh, at the time, it was boys and girls both playing on, on the front polo fields. But now I know you guys have grown so much. Um, but yeah, I'd say my, my fondest memory was probably uh, playing in Surf Cup every year. And we ended up winning it one year. And uh, Milan's older brother, Brian Oloski, actually scored two goals, uh, won the game winner. And it was it was amazing to win Surf Cup after watching all these older kids play in it and playing it for years. So, yeah, I'd say that was probably the highlight of uh, my surf experience. Milan, can you remember watching that game? Were you around or were you playing yourself? Yeah, no, I was there. I watched it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I was at the club when I was maybe probably, I think I think I was, came around like U9, U10 around there. And then I played for three seasons or four seasons, I think. Then I went to LA Galaxy for a year and a half. Then came back to surf to play in a 16 Academy. And then I moved on to play for Real Salt Lake Academy. But yeah, in my time, uh, I would say I had the same thing. Surf Cup was always super fun. I remember going and I remember my team had a booth and we'd always go. And I remember they always had those chicken teriyaki bowls. And I would say 
those memories are the fondest memories for me because you remember those things when you go back on it. Like, you remember the goals and, you know, like, winning games with your teammates and stuff like that, but nothing will be like the memories of being able to, like, watch Justin and my brother win Surf Cup, and I still remember to that day of watching the, the trophy ceremony afterwards and always going and watching the older kids play, and I always wanted to be like the older kids. So, for me, that was like, the fondest memories is being able to watch Surf Cup and play three games in a weekend and not have any soreness or anything to deal with. And yeah. then you were all, and then it was all good. You would <laughs> go play one on Saturday, two on Sunday, and then make the final on Monday. And you played two games on Monday. And then you were good to go. So I think that was probably the fondest memory. Is, you know, just always being at Surf Cup every year. No matter what, we were always in it. And it was always a fun time. So you're both at the club when you were really young. And kind of the way the club is um, split these days is zone one, where all those younger players are with the junior academy, uh, 77 and 99 fields. And then we have the older age groups. So when you were in that zone one, those young age groups, what, um, what kind of things did you feel really benefited you in the long run? And what advice would you have to those younger players that are developing their game today? Good. Yeah, why don't you start off? Um, all right. I would say for me, the biggest thing that I always did was I always played up age groups where I don't know if that's like encouraged more, if the situation is different or anything like that. But for me, when I was growing up, I played up a year or two years all the time. And anytime I could jump in with my brother, Brian and Justin's team, I would always be begging the coaches to let me train with all the players and to always be training as much as I can. And I always want to do extra stuff and stay afterwards and do finishing and do whatever. And I think that's something is for all the younger guys out there just, you know, they don't have to deal with any type of body aches or soreness or anything like that. They can go 100 miles an hour the whole time. So I would say for them, it's just to play as much as possible. And I think that's the most important thing when you're young is to always be around it and to always be playing out in the field. Yeah, and I'll add to that. I mean, I think this goes for at any age when you're playing soccer, just any sport, you know, doing it outside of practice as much as you possibly can. Uh, I know right now it's probably interesting because you don't have games to play on weekends. You don't have practices during the week. But, you know, if I'm looking at this as an outsider, this is probably one of the best times to grow as a soccer player because a lot of a lot of kids, you know, aren't going to be putting in the work. A lot of the other teams aren't going to be putting in the work. What you do outside of, of when people are watching is, is definitely uh, one, the most important part, I would say. And then another thing – you know, Milan touched on it a little bit, but it's it's just interacting with the older guys as much as you can. And, and that can be just as simple as watching older guys' games. You know, mm-hmm. it's one thing to watch Cristiano Ronaldo, Gareth Bale, Messi run around and, you know, they do magic all the time. But it's another thing to watch guys who are a year, two years, three years older than you uh, who can be your role models as well. And it's probably a little more realistic for for most people, I don't know if you have a little messy running around on surf right now, but um, yeah, I, I definitely gained a lot from, again, playing with older guys and uh, watching them. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting point because, like, for us right now, we're in the process of obviously planning ahead and thinking ahead for the next year. And, and even today, I had a meeting with our, our um, well, DA coaches, you know, slash ECNL coaches now, um, in terms of what our philosophy wants to what how we want to go ahead and like prepare for kids playing up like is it necessarily um important how to do that how to 
uh, look at player profiles and, and see kind of exactly um, you always have that doubt or question like are they ready are we are we pushing them too early and it's just funny how like is that just us just getting older now and just like having those kind of doubts like you know kind of like when you're young you would just jump in the pool and not think about it whereas like as you grow older you start to question things more and more and like just hearing you guys say it it was just like that burning desire to just be a part of it and there wasn't ever a worry from your end like you guys were playing against guys that were you know advanced and all kind of facets from physical to technical to whatever the case may be. Yeah, no, that's true. And, and as somebody who's known Milan since he was like six years old, I can tell you from experience that this kid has never had a problem with confidence. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs> yeah. Him playing up was never a big deal. And if anything, it only helped him. And I think, I know as a, as a kid in general, like you don't care who you're going up against. It's just, you're out there and trying yeah. to do your best. And, I think the the best kids are maybe not the best, but a lot of them are so competitive that it doesn't matter who they're going up against. Right. Yeah. I'm like two my brothers. Yeah, of course. The two older brothers always helped me, but for me it was like I would I would always play my hardest no matter what. But then when I would play up, whether it was like just a year, or two years, or even sometimes when I'd be able to jump into trainings with Ryan and Justin, like I wanted to prove to the older guys that I wasn't just someone they could walk over and. I was always the smallest kid from my age group growing up. And then, you know, you go up three, four years and you're in that weird time frame for, for men or for boys and where I'm 10 years old and they're 14 and I'm, you know, mm-hmm. 70 pounds getting pushed all over the place. But I think it's good for young kids to get pushed around and to kind of get a little bit of toughness in them. Because I feel like a lot of times when you play your own age group and you're oftentimes one of the better players, you can kind of get into this rhythm of just going through the motion and stuff. And that doesn't happen when you train with older players because they're going to push you. But for me, yes. that was always really important for my development. It was always to get pushed no matter what. And whenever I put the older guys, they always gave me a good couple of kicks. So they always pushed me a little bit. <laughs> so, so moving into the older ages, and Justin will jump back in with you. For those guys, obviously, one of the big things is recruitment, whether that be mm-hmm. college recruitment or maybe it's eventually graduating and trying to be seen by pro scouts. What advice would you have for those guys that are going through that whole college recruitment process? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot more experience with the college recruiting than I do uh, kind of the professional recruiting just because of my background. But, um, you know, it's it's interesting because I think the college game has changed a lot in terms, especially of how they recruit. I think there's a couple of key things that you can do if you're trying to get seen. And, you know, coaches, college coaches, for starters, they can't be at every game. They can't be all across the country at any given time. A lot of these programs are small programs and they can't pay as much to travel uh, and scout people. So I think the best thing that you can do is, is put together just a, a short, you know, a highlight reel. And um, it can be something that you just make an iMovie yourself. You don't, it doesn't need to be fancy. Just get your, get your name out there, get some of your top plays out there, your skills out there. Coaches love to see that. And it really helps them dwindle down who they actually go and see at these academy showcases because there's thousands of kids reaching out to them and that shouldn't deter you at all. It should, it should motivate you really because uh, when they do come to see you, it's an honor. Um, you know, I remember just playing in an Academy showcase and looking over and seeing, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 college coaches, some of the top 20 coaches or colleges uh, in the country. And that just motivated me more. And it was cool to see that um, and have that confidence. You know, I think another thing you can do is, 
and this is this might be the most important thing it's you know you're going to college you're going to school and if you have good grades good sat good act whatever you take nowadays um that's probably the strongest thing you can do because at the end of the day these coaches can only help you so much get into their schools especially when you go into top tier schools like uh, Milan went to UCLA, Washington, you want to go to an Ivy League like Harvard or anything like that, Notre Dame, um, you got to have good grades. So I think, you know, that's, that's a fundamental thing. You can't rely on soccer 100%. You definitely have to put in the time and, you know, hit the books and, and uh, do well on your SAT, ACT. So my biggest recommendations would be those two. Yeah, go, you know, focus on school and put out a highlight tape and, and email all those coaches as you can. Because at the end of the day, it's a numbers game as well. Mm-hmm. and then Milan for you how much of a benefit was it coming back to surf to help with your journey to the pros um I think it was a, I think that it was a big benefit because I made the jump to go to Galaxy and I think I was ready to make that jump to be able to play for the MLS club but I think that at the same time you missed out on a lot of stuff just like general maturation process where you know people here you know you play for Galaxy and it sounds great but then you don't realize that you drove you know hour 45 minutes there and then back every day so really my freshman year of high school is when I made that switch and that was my worst year of school for my GPA and if I would have stayed at Galaxy I probably wouldn't have gotten anywhere in anywhere in the first place so it wouldn't even matter that I was playing for one of the best academies but so for me coming back I kind of grew up a lot when I left to go play for Galaxy where I was on my own a lot on the road and I was on the road five six days a week and for a 14 year old that's kind of rare so for me when I came back to surf I took it very serious, and I think that when I did come back, it was good for me to kind of be around um, an environment where it wasn't more relaxed, but it was more where I could kind of be myself a little more and have fun and be a kid. And I think that's something that Surf offered that I didn't find anywhere else where I was always having fun playing there. It was never felt like I was doing because I had to or because I was signed up or anything like that. I think for me coming back, I fell in love with the game all over again, and I feel like that's what Surf gave me twice now. So I think for me, coming back was a big benefit just because I started to enjoy playing again, playing at the polo fields where I only had to drive 20 minutes of training and to play in these beautiful fields. And I think people take advantage of that kind of stuff because there's not that many great fields out there. And, you know, to come to the polo fields every day is kind of an honor. So I love playing at the polo fields, and I still try and go there whenever I can. Obviously, now with this whole thing, you can't. But, like, in the off season, I would always go back to play at the polo fields even still today. So for me, I think that was the biggest thing is coming back and, being around that environment where I was always happy and always enjoying playing. Benoit, is there anything that you we want to add on to this around the recruitment process for college? My initial thought real quickly was just one thing when it came to Milan, because I was, I was fortunate enough to my early time at surf. Um, Milan was there with the 17s, right? Milan, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, I think it was the 16s, yeah. but not 17s. Right, you're right. Um, one thing, obviously, it, there was no question or doubt about it. Is that obviously, Milan had always the talent, those kinds of things. But one thing that I saw, and having no previous experience from ever meeting him and uh, being around him um, at Galaxy, was that I think also the ability to, in probably a more, um, a more familiar setting for Milan, is that he kind of also grew into himself like as a man and kind of had the confidence to, and I don't think there's any harm in that, to know that like, hey, I'm one of the top guys here. 
um, I'm one of the leaders on the field and there was also a discovery in terms of the human aspect as well. And that's, that's something that like Milan and I have never discussed, but it was always something that you always pay attention to guys that come back for potentially uh, an MLS Academy or they've come back from Europe or those kinds of things. And sometimes we view um, being a part of a non-MLS club as did I potentially step down? And I'm, I'm even experiencing that as a coach right now, you know, having left LAFC. So um, that was the interesting side as well, is that how there's not just a footballing development, but there's also a personality development and how you could take it. Because it could have been easy for Milan to just come back and be like, this sucks. Like, you know, like, why am I here? Like, I, sh I should be at an MLS club. I deserve to be there. I have the talent to be there. I have the work ethic to be there. So that was also an interesting side of things. But I think a lot of times we just lose sight of that. But there's not just the footballing side of things because I think it, if you want to reach that top level, the, the ability to, to develop your maturity and your work ethic, like Justin was saying at the beginning, to, to do the extra work, be it at home or, you know, those kinds of things. I know, I know Justin could probably actually uh, like agree with me on this. Is that I've met so many players that are really talented, but they're lost everywhere else. And, you know, it's not really... Like, for me, I feel like you need to be a full package as a person. You can't just be a great footballer and then, you know, have, like, have bad grades, and now you're struggling to get into school. Where, for me, it was UCLA, they asked for my GPA, my SAT or ACT score, and I gave it to them, and I was in the school the next day. So it was an easy process where I have friends who were good players that I was playing with at Real Salt Lake at the time in my senior year, and they couldn't get into UCLA. Or they couldn't go, and so now instead of going to a top, top school like a UCLA or a Washington or a big Ivy League school or somewhere like that. Mm -hmm. Now they're going to maybe a lower tier Division One school because even though they're good enough to play anywhere in the country, you can't because you can't get into schools with a 2.5 or a 2.6 yeah. kind of GPAs where it's really important where you're, you mature enough. And I think that was a big thing for me is when I left to go to Galaxy, I was just kind of like didn't even try in school. So then I just like, like I'm just going to play and that's it. And then thankfully I came back to surf and I started doing well in school again and then I was able to go to UCLA. And that was ultimately a big part of the reason that I, turn pros because coming back to surf and learning I have to do school I have to do well and then you know growing up a little bit as an to become more of an adult awesome um Justin jumping back to you last kind of thing I would say probably for advice to the youngers on the whole developmental process or going through all the different things from scouting and recruiting what was the most valuable thing that you felt a coach or a teammate said to you or even just an experience that you went through that that helped you along the way yeah i mean uh you know let me think about that for a second i, I think it, it's not so much what somebody said it's just kind of how how things happen i mean even when i was growing up playing i don't remember <clears throat> excuse me playing at any given uh age group it wasn't it wasn't ever easy to to make the starting lineup or anything like that. I was always being pushed uh, by my teammates, by my coaches. There was a, a stretch where I wasn't starting. I was, you know, on the bench for a large period of the season. And um, to, to get out of that and to, to grow and, and develop more and let that motivate me, uh, that was really important. I think, you know, that I'm sure Milan can touch on this in the pro leagues. It's, it's, it's different. Everybody's professional. Everybody's so good. And that translates really well. It's because you realize that nothing is, is confirmed, nothing's for sure. So you need to execute on a, on a daily basis in practice. 
um, and obviously perform in the games. But I, I guess the biggest thing is, is don't let the shortcomings in the present affect your future because, you know, you, you getting benched one game because you had a bad practice week, that should only motivate you to be better and to beat out the guy in front of you. So I think that's the most uh, powerful thing that I've experienced to serve. Awesome. Um, Milan, same kind of question over to you. Um, that or you know, maybe touch on one of your, any of your toughest challenges that you've had in your club career that you had to really fight to get through that's made you a better player or a better person. Um, yeah, I mean, there's challenges. Like, I would always challenge myself, but I was I was very fortunate to have, like, some really good coaches when I was at serve and to be pushed all the time. And, yeah, I think that a lot of people saw that I was a pretty talented player when I was younger, and no one ever let me get away with anything. And I think that was the biggest thing where I had – Justin also had him. Paul Curry, he coached me for a little while, and he always pushed me super hard in training and didn't let me get away with anything. And regardless if I was one of the better players or – maybe the most talented player on the teams that I was playing on, he would push me so hard or if I made any little mistake that he would kind of call me out on it a little bit where I was still doing better than anybody else. He still held me to a high standard. And that was something that I always felt like I got at surf was I always held to a super high standard no matter what. Question that came in, uh, what advice would you give to players of how to be a good teammate? Uh, I'll, I'll take this one to start. Um, I mean, I think within any team it's it's unique because everybody has a role on the team you know you have your captain you have some of the more vocal leaders on the team and then you have people who fit into their roles and you know whether that is somebody who leads by um you know just making a hard slide tackle you know getting into somebody or making an extra run anything it may be i think it's important as a as a leader on a team because you can be a leader and not be vocal uh it's to it's to find your role on a team no matter what that may be and and i think it's important if you are a vocal guy to stay positive with your teammates because i mean the worst thing growing up i mean even in a professional level you you hate the guy who just yells and and moans at guys for not passing them the ball or this or that and um that that's not what i would call anybody who's a leader and i think to be a good teammate is to pick up your teammates uh, when they're down, when they're not having a good first half, you know, maybe you do get into them a little bit, but uh, you stay positive. So, yeah. No, I completely agree with Justin and what he said. I think that was the biggest thing. I feel like for a lot of guys, like, you can look back on it. And for me, I knew I was a little bit of a moaner growing up. Like, I always wanted the ball the whole time and I always wanted to score all the goals. And for me, it was like, I wish I could go back and kind of, you know, change the way I spoke to people sometimes on the field where I didn't show like that attitude or. That sort of thing. That's also going back to the recruiting process, where if a coach comes and sees you, he doesn't want to see you moan and complain to your teammates. He wants to see you help people out because if you're getting scouted by colleges, you're likely one of the better players that are there. So he wants to make sure that when you do come to the college environment, you're probably not going to be the superstar right away because that's not how it works. If you're still going to be able to be a good teammate and help the team out in other ways, because you're it's pretty unlikely for you to take those jumps in your careers. And every time you take that jump, you're going to have some adversity to go through. I think that was the that's a big thing is being a good teammate and helping each other out in tough times because it's not always going to be easy, especially during a long season. Yeah, that's a really good point. And just to add to that, I mean, you come in as a freshman in college and, you know, I mean, there's, you're definitely, like Milan said, you're not going to be the top dog anymore. And I think if you have a good character when you're in club, uh, in high school, in middle school, wherever you are, 
you're, you're going to be a lot more likable as a person than somebody who comes into college their freshman year and, and th- still mm-hmm. thinks that they're the top dog. By the yeah. time you're a senior, you might, you might be the top dog, and that's fine. People expect that. But then you go to pros, and it's the same thing all over again. You're back at lowest at the totem pole. So it's humbling for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, especially if you go to like a, a top school. I know Justin probably had a similar experience where for me, like I was going in and, you know, there's all Americans on my team and I'm there as a 17 year old coming in and you don't, you might have just scored 35, 30 goals in academy the year before for Real Salt Lake or whatever, 20 goals, something like that. But, and we might have won, we might have gone all the way to the finals to win a national championship, but it doesn't matter because they don't care about that. They want to know what you can do. And you go through captain's practices and you quickly realize that, you know, you're playing with 22-year-old men, 23-year-old men, some of them, that just had 17, 18 goals a season before in college. So you really get put in your place a little bit. I think that's a big part of, for my maturation, was being that was being bottom of the totem pole again. You know, it's not like I'm saying you're not going to be able to play. Like, there's not like nothing you can do about it. You just have to earn respect every day. And that's something that, for me, now making that next step to the pros is, I feel like I've done that transition way better from when I went to high school to college where I was really struggling the first couple of weeks of college just because I was, you know, I didn't start the first couple of games and then you get into a bad attitude and that whole moaning comes out and that's not how you ever want to be. And now I had a great preseason with Real Salt Lake and I think that, and so I was supposed to make my debut before this whole thing happened. I was on the, on the 18 roster to Columbus and then uh, this whole thing happened. But I think that, but anyway, that's besides the point where, I think that maturation is very important where you you can go from academy to college. And I think that college coaches will see that you're a good teammate by how you react on the field during tough moments. So I think that's very important for young players to realize. Uh, Benoit, if I won your way, is there anything that you want to add to this about Justin and, and Milan that um, you think the younger guys at surf can really benefit from anything that maybe we haven't touched on or talked about that you know from these two guys yeah obviously having known justin off the fields um milan got to work with milan a little bit you know obviously the, the two things regarding was that there was always a drive within them um i just had a quick thought was in regards to that ability is with your guys's experience how can not only ourselves as a coach and as a club in terms of surf but in terms of your support group, what were some of the steps or what would be some of the things that you would recommend to help prepare their son or daughter to take that next step? Be it from not only just in terms of the footballing side of things, but ready to restart that kind of process of proving yourself and, and the humbling process that Justin talked about. What would like some of the steps that were taken, some of the things that you felt that were necessary outside of maybe um, just the, the belief and the desire within yourselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Milan. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah, just like for me, like my parents always were super strict when we were at home where it wasn't just, it wasn't just, it was just a soccer household where everyone knows my family as like Brian's a pro now and Eric probably will likely be a pro and not UCLA right now. And my dad was a pro. And so all these things you like, you see my, my household's a soccer household, but we went a lot of train it. Like, I wasn't allowed to train after practice if I didn't make my bed or if I didn't get a 3.0 in high school. I wasn't allowed to go play in the game on the weekend. And my mom would use soccer as a way of, hey, you don't want to study? Okay, well, then you're not going to go to practice today. Or you don't want to – you did you got in trouble at school and you got detention? Well, now you're not going to go to train. And for me, that was, like, 
end all be all where she could take my phone, she could take my computer or TV or whatever. But if she took training away from me, I was miserable. And so mm-hmm. that was a big thing for me is where I was so in love with the game that I didn't, like, I would have done anything to be able to go to training and to be able to have that hour and a half at surf. And then I wanted to come home and do more stuff. So whenever she would take that away from me, it was tough. And, you know, if I was a kid and I was listening to, to me say that, I'd probably be upset at me because, you know, you never want to have training taken away. But I think that's a very important thing to have discipline and rules. And I think that, you know, don't be afraid to take away soccer from them and make them realize how lucky they are to play it. Because that was the thing for me is she took it away from me once. I remember I was like 10 years old. She took training away from me one time and then she never did it again because I didn't want to experience that. I hated it. Mm. Yeah, and I, I think I, I speak for Milan and myself here. We were both fortunate enough to have um, <clears throat> parents who, I mean, they, they helped. Uh, we had backyards where we could run around and kick the soccer ball around and play as much as we can. I guess in times like this, it's, I don't know if parks are open or anything, but if you don't have a backyard, just, just my dad would take me out to a nearby school or nearby park and he would help me and run drills with me. And this was just stuff we would do on an off weekend or an off day. I can only imagine what, what kids are going through right now with Corona and uh, you know, not having training on a day-to-day basis. I think my dad probably would have sent me out there every single day to go do something. Um, And I think, you know, I mean, obviously not everybody has that ability to be able to do that. And I understand that, but you know, as a kid, you should, as Milan said, you should just be motivated enough to do that yourself. And it helped that I had uh, parents who would push me to do that and, and, you know, work in my off time. But uh, yeah, I think, you know, as a parent, that's, that's one of the more important things I would say, especially right now. Awesome. Um, Well, that was going to kind of be the the last question I touched on is what advice you would have for kids at this time, but I think you covered it. So listen, guys, really appreciative of your time i mean i'm sure you're still busy and and getting up to stuff so this information is going to be so valuable to the the younger kids on the boys side at the club um and your two guys that they can definitely look up to so thank you so much for being on yeah thanks for having us of course thank you thank you guys awesome well stay safe and uh yeah when we get back out there yeah thanks guys thank you thanks thank you If you enjoyed the episode, please go to Apple Podcasts and search Inside Surf Soccer Podcast, subscribe, rate and review. We'll be giving shout outs to our best reviews in future episodes with a chance of winning a Nike gift card for the best one. If you want more Inside Surf Soccer Podcast and have recommendations or ideas for future guests and episode content, please feel free to contact us via email lhunt at surfsoccer.com Or you can get me at Twitter, at LouisHunt17. Go surf!